Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen.
The title of my message today is The Spiritual Cedar Tree. The Spiritual Cedar Tree. I know you all got some pine trees and cedar trees. And I'm not knocking your tree. But that tree in your house don't count. It's not even in the Bible. Now, I'm not going to mess up your Christmas. But the tree was birthed out of paganism. Had nothing to do with Jesus. Because the spirit of the world has always been trying to replace him. And when the tree didn't work, they created uh, a fat man. Now, it may sound a little sarcastic, but behind it all is the spirit of the enemy trying to dilute and replace the real reason for the season. And I have to be careful because some people are so entrenched in this particular kind of worship that they will get mad at me if I show them truths that it's not of God. So spare me today. And I'm not telling anybody to go home and get rid of the tree, but I just want you to know so you can teach your children that the things that are under the tree had nothing to do with the tree. And I don't want to spoil anything because I don't know if the little children are here and I don't know how you are indoctrinating your children. So I won't say a whole lot about the man from the north with reindeers. Rudolph. But I do want to talk about the spiritual cedar tree. Because without this tree, you and I would not enjoy the salvation that we enjoy. No, no, Jesus wasn't per se the cedar tree, but he did hang on a tree. And uh, the tree wasn't a Christmas tree. It was uh, a cross, as it were, made from a tree. <clears throat> but it's amazing, isn't it? That Jesus hung on a tree that he created. But, but let's, let's just in, indulge me. Nugget number one and nugget number two and, and number three and number four, and then, and then I'm going to share some truths with you today. Nugget number one, ready? Read. Yes. Yeah, this Christmas, 2023, is not going to be a commercial Christmas where it's all about us getting gifts on somebody else's birthday. And get mad when we don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Today we're not talking about PlayStations. 
and, and, and your requests that you've made with your parents on what you want for Christmas. So today, this is not about a commercial Christmas. Today, we're going to talk about the real reason before all this other stuff got in to try to dilute our understanding that the real gift is not what's under the tree, but what was hanging on the tree. Nugget number two, please. Oh my, we're getting in trouble already because this really goes against tradition because we've been trained and taught and conditioned to think that the star led the wise men to Jesus. And I'm going to show you in the Bible that the star did not lead the wise men to Jesus. Nugget number three, while I'm already in trouble. The, the wise men, in the Greek, they would, be, would have been called the magi, which just simply means that they were wise men. They were not following a star. They were following God's word. Nugget number four, and I quit. Ready? Read it again. Read it real loud for the stingy people. Read it again. Because you can't love Jesus and not give. You can be religious. And religion is fueled by pride. And when you get full of pride, God stops talking to you. You start talking to yourself and you say it's God. To justify your ungodly position. But, but let's get busy. Can we? Are you all ready for this? When we look at the Holy Writ, we have 66 books, yes? And from Genesis to Malachi, God speaks through the prophets. And by the time we get to Malachi, God has discovered that man is so wicked when he is left unto himself. And so God has been speaking. He gets to Malachi, of which we call the last book of the Old Testament. And after God speaks through the prophet in Malachi, the Bible goes silent for 400 years. When you read the last verse in Malachi, from Malachi to the first book 
of the New Testament. Can we go there? Jesus. For 400 years, God is silent. He doesn't say a word. There There is a period from the New Testament, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So when God stopped speaking in Malachi, he doesn't speak again for 400 years. And when God speaks after 400 years, you can get a distorted view. Because chronologically, the first book in the New Testament is the book of James. Which is Jesus' half-brother. So if we'd have started the New Testament according to what book was written first in the New Testament, we'd have to put the book of James. But James doesn't talk anything about his birth. But if we go with the first book in the New Testament historically, then we would have to go to perhaps the only book that is written in the Bible by a Gentile, which would be Luke. God is silent for 400 years. If we start chronologically, we would start talking about James, what James had to say that talks about a double-minded man is unstable, etc. But the Bible doesn't start there. But if we start historically on which book should be written or studied first in the New Testament, it would be what? It would be the Gospel of Luke. But if we start with the Gospel of Luke, we can get a distorted view because Luke doesn't mention about Jesus' birth. Luke talks about the forerunner. When you start reading the Gospel of Luke, he starts talking about John the Baptist, the forerunner. Nothing wrong with a forerunner. And oh, let me put this on record. The, the forerunner doesn't mean you're leading the show. Are you listening to me? For us military people, sometimes you send out what we call a scout. Uh, but don't get it twisted. The, the scout is not leading the caravan. Oh, Jesus. So the forerunner, which Luke talks about, simply lets us know that if John the Baptist is the forerunner, that means he's coming before something else is coming. That also means that whatever's coming after me is more important than me. So Luke starts his discourse talking about John the Baptist. Ah, so now I see perhaps why the Spirit of the Lord moved on the actual structure of Scripture 
Because when we open up the New Testament, we see Matthew. And Matthew starts his narrative talking about this baby. Having said that, would you turn your Bibles to the first synoptic gospel, chapter 2. If you're there, can you say hallelujah? Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Somebody's catching it already. Let me read this slower for the slow student. Now, after Jesus, don't laugh at the slow students because I was one of them. Slow doesn't mean you can't get it. Matter of fact, when I get it, I might have it a little better than you because I got mine slow. Now, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, where was he born? Of Judea in, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. In the east, we have seen, not followed, we've seen it. We've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So why did they see his star and wound up in Jerusalem? Because the star didn't lead them to Jerusalem. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, lawyers, of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophets. By who? Hold on now. By the prophets. What prophets? The prophets of old. So they're responding of what they have learned from the Old Testament. Are you listening to me? Is this helping anybody yet? Where do we stop? Some of you on five, some of you on six, some of you don't know where you are, okay. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judea, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had uh, 
secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared and sent them to Bethlehem and said, go, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. The devil is a lie. There's always somebody up in your face telling you they like you and they don't like you. They're trying to get what you got. When they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen, the star which they had seen. When did they see it? When they first got started, God allowed them to see a star to let them know that he was, he was speaking to them about going to celebrate this child. When they heard the king, they departed and behold the star which they had seen from the east went before them till they came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly great joy. Well, I can understand that. Look at verse 11. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they done something that a lot of folks won't do. They fell down and worshiped. And when they had opened their treasure, here we go, they presented, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and strangely myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream. Then being divinely warned in a dream. Then being divinely warned, a warning in a dream. Just like God speaks to you if you'll listen sometimes in a dream. Sometimes that wake up is not for you to go into the kitchen and start eating. Sometimes that wake up at one or two in the morning is not hunger pains. It's God trying to talk to you. Just wake up for no reason. And sometimes you cannot go back to sleep because God is trying to talk to you. But because you haven't been listening and you're not sensitive, you turn on the television. Oh, Jesus. That they should not return to Herod. They departed from their own country another way. King Herod told the Magi, when you find him, report back to me. And, and God spoke to him and said, no, no, no. Don't you go back to Herod. Not only that, don't go back home the way you came. Because Herod's lying. 
Can somebody say amen to this truth? Now, now tradition says that there were three wise men. Oh, God, I'm, I'm messing with you now. Because most of the displays and even the plays, they'll, have, they'll say three wise men. But, but three wise men is not mentioned in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say how many magis there were. Now, Thank you for I joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the, the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to but subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening. Gold, frankincense, come on church, and myrrh. Could have been three, could have been 12, could have been 30. But however many it was, they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So it's important that you don't get hung up on three magis or three wise men because the Bible doesn't say. And sad to say, a lot of what we think we know of the Holy Writ, we learn from Hollywood movies. Preach, boy, preach. Now, look at verse number two again. Saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come worship him. Now, let's connect verse 2 with verse 9. Ready? Verse 9. Ready? Read. When they heard the king, ha! So the star appears again. I challenge your thinking that if the star was leading them, if God was behind the star leading them, doesn't God know that his son is not going to be born in Jerusalem? So now the question becomes, and this is serious, why did these magis, wise men as we call them, why did they go to Jerusalem looking for Jesus instead of Bethlehem? And the reason is, we don't have time to get into all the historical things, but if you recall, uh, Daniel was carried into captivity into Babylon. And while he was there, he was worshiping and purporting and declaring about his God. It was there in captivity 
And now Daniel rose through the ranks. But the book of Daniel was written in Babylon. So it's a great possibility that these magis were reading from the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, Daniel is the one that made it clear that there was going to be a savior born in Jerusalem. So when the Magi saw the star, knowing the book of Daniel, they realized they needed to head to Jerusalem. Why? Because a savior was going to be born. So they started walking by faith. And I, 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 I assume that the uh, Magi's were a little like us. Meaning that they're walking, not really even knowing what all is to transpire. And I, I, I just imagine after most of us, we make him walk quietly for maybe three miles. And, and, and after three miles, somebody in the group is going to say, are you sure? <laughs> Just like when God tells you he gonna, he's going to do something with you and it doesn't happen overnight. And after about three weeks or three months, you start questioning, did I really hear from God? Here we go. Am I really going the right direction? Because he showed us a star, but the star is not following us. And then we see they get to Jerusalem and then they see the star again. Can you imagine how they were rejoicing in verse 9? Can you imagine the party? They haven't even seen Jesus. But for God to show them the star again is God giving them a sign that they're on the right track. We've come this far. We've walked this distance. We've traveled rough trails. We've, we've walked over mountains. We've walked through valleys. We've been thirsty. We've been hungry. We've been carrying all of these precious gifts. And on occasions, it looked like we were doing all of this in vain. And now we're in Jerusalem, and we still don't see the baby. And then God allows the same star to appear to let them know. God sent me here this morning to tell somebody, that you're on the right track. It doesn't look like it's been working. It looks like everything you've been doing has been all in vain. But the Lord told me to tell you the devil is a lie. Amen. Amen. You're on. Come on, tell three people you're on the right track. You're. So it would be safe to say, without distorting or polluting the text, that the wise men 
came to Jerusalem. But they needed to go to Bethlehem. Mm. So they wound up in Jerusalem simply because they were willing to walk in all the light that they had. In other words, it's no sense in God telling you how to get to second base until you're willing to walk to first base. Some of you want God to tell you about second base when you haven't arrived at first base. So God didn't give them instructions about second base until they got to first base. So they were willing to walk in all of the word and knowledge and light that they had. But the light that they had would not lead them to Jesus. It would only get them closer. God. Come on, nudge people and say, you say you're closer. You're closer than you think. You're, you're closer than you think. You're, your blessing, you're closer than you think. Oh, Jesus. You've been sitting too long. Stand to your feet. Go to three people and tell them, say, you're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. You're closer to your husband. You're closer to your wife. You're closer to your husband. You're closer to your house. You're closer to your breakthrough. Come on, sound man. You're closer than you think. You're closer to your breakthrough. You're closer to getting your husband. You're closer to getting your wife. You're closer to having a baby. You're closer than you think. That thing you've been believing. Come on, sound man. That thing that you've been believing God for. You're closer. You hear me, church? You're closer than you think. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you may be seated. You're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. Throw off discouragement. Throw off depression. You're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. Come on now, have a seat. I got to get to this gold frankincense myrrh. You're closer than you think. Good God of mercy. Somebody, you're closer than you think. Mother Turner, you're closer than you think. To seeing your children come back to the things of God. You're closer. You're closer. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. You're closer than you think. Hallelujah. That breakthrough you've been believing God for in your marriage, you're closer than you think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that rascal's getting ready to line up. That woman's getting ready to shake. But you're close. Those children are getting ready to act right. You're closer than you think. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> please, please have a seat for the third time. 
so, so the Magi, they, they, they acted upon what light that they had. Boy, that's a good point. Because why would you be expecting? Call yourself looking for God to say something to you when you haven't done what he told you the last time he spoke to you. Why would God speak to you about something else when you haven't done what he told you to do the last time? I wonder how many people who are viewing this broadcast today, if they were honest, they would say, you know, preacher, God told me to do something three years ago, three months ago. I know it was God three weeks ago. I heard the Lord three hours ago. And I still haven't done it. And then I have the nerve to say to myself, I don't understand why things are not working for me. The reason it's not working, you haven't done what God told you. So you really don't qualify to rejoice, shout, and dance. Because you don't want to be dancing on a lie. Because you don't want to give life to a lie. Verse number 10, chapter 2, you there? Video department, thank you for your Expediency. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. Are you there? Is it on the screen? Okay, I think we're training a six-year-old in the video department today, so be patient. When they saw the star, ah, they rejoiced with exceedingly great Why? Because they had obeyed the first visit. And it's clear during the journey they had become somewhat, <clears throat> did we do right? Did we really, did we go the right way? I'm sure somebody in the group said, I told y'all we should have turned left. But we all sensed that we were supposed to go this way toward Jerusalem. And now that they're there, they're looking for this king. But the king is not in Jerusalem. Because the scriptures declared that he would be born in Bethlehem. He was to be Jesus born of Bethlehem. 
And so the star appears again. And the Bible says that the star shone on the place where Jesus was. Boy, I wish they had time. Ooh, Jesus. If they would just give me enough time like they would give people time at the ball game. They would just get halfway excited about this pass I'm getting ready to throw. Like they would Mahone. <laughs> when he's throwing to Kelsey. I'm gonna throw the pass. Where's Kelsey? Where, where's, Ke- where's Kelsey? Okay. Where's he? No, he's with Miami. So in verse 10, it says that they rejoiced. Why? Because they discovered by the star that God revealed again that they were on the right track. And I can go through anything. I don't care how hellacious it is. I don't care how difficult it is. I can go through it by myself. I just need to know if I'm on the right track. I don't care who comes in my life. I don't care who leaves my life as long as I know that I'm on the I can have a pocket full of money or no money. It makes no difference as long as I know I'm on I know some of you don't believe it, but you can have a pocket full of money and be off track and don't have any money in your pocket at all and be on track when it comes to God's plan for your life. Preach, boy, preach. Because if you're on track, your pockets won't stay empty long. Let's, let's, I said, I, did I say I wouldn't keep you long? Front row said, keep going. The back row said, let's go home. <laughs> the back row got busted. <laughs> Let, let's close now. By faith, these godly men gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they came to church. They didn't leave their money home just in case God asked for it. Look at somebody smile. Say, he's not talking to me. Now, I want to close because I want you to see the significance 
of why it was gold. Frankincense and myrrh as I close. One, gold is a world currency. You, you can use gold anywhere in the world. It's a, it's a world currency. As a matter of fact, our money, the dollar, used to be backed by gold. Now it's just a note. I'm thinking about writing me a note now. Listen to this. So vitally important now that we're in the Christmas holiday season. Gold is a tribute for a king and fit for the worship of a god. So the Magi took gold because they believed when they got to where they were going, they were going to worship a god. And to worship a god, you need to present gold. Because gold was indicative of worship, value. Are you all listening to me? So now you can begin to understand that in the region, why Herod and the others were disturbed because they were declaring they were God. And the gold doesn't belong to this baby. Gold belonged to Herod. And Herod is upset because who's moving in on my territory? And what Herod failed to understand is that the territory that he thought was his territory was God's territory all along. Just like the money you think you got is not yours. It never was yours. Whatever you think you got, it was always God. God just allowed you to show if you could be trusted over being a good steward. So the Magi brought gold for the worship of God. Then they brought frankincense. Frankincense is a type of prayer and praise offered to God. Now, this is important because under Mosaic law, what did I say? Under Mosaic law, it's clear that these Magi who were wise men they were wise enough not to obey the Mosaic law because under Mosaic law, frankincense represents praise and worship. And the only time you use praise and worship with frankincense if it's up, if it's under God. So they were taking a chance really on their lives because for the mere fact that they gave frankincense, they were telling the world that whoever and whatever you're calling God is not God. Whatever is in this manger, that's God. Are you listening to me? 
So they're really telling the Jewish nation, the God that you're looking for, the God that you're waiting for, there he is. But they were not looking for the Savior to come in the form of a baby. Now, I don't have time, because we just don't have time to tell you why he had to come as a baby and not ready already as a man like Adam. You have no historical fact about Adam being a baby. When God formed him, shaped him, and blew into his nostrils the breath of light, he came out as a man. And then God put him to sleep. And while he was asleep, he took Susie girl out of his side and called her Eve. But with Jesus, the last Adam, he didn't come as a man. He came as a baby. And so the last thing is murder. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh's strange because uh, myrrh is bitter. And myrrh speaks of death. These wise men from the east, indeed, with spiritual wisdom revealed by the Spirit of God. I trust today, sir, ma'am, like these wise men, these magis, I trust today somebody watching around the world that you would open up your treasure chest and give Jesus Christ all the love and adoration and devotion that you can muster up in your heart to give him today. When the Magi saw him, the Bible says that they bowed down and worshiped Jesus. And they honored him from their treasure chest, gold, frankincense. Look up. When was the last time you gave God something? I, I didn't say asked him for something. When was the last time you gave God? When was the last time you gave God something not expecting anything in return? You just wanted to give him something. No, 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 not praying for him to do something for you or your children. But God, 
I just want to give you praise today. If you don't do nothing else for me. When I look at where I was and where I am today, if I don't move a step further, you're still worthy. As long as I got breath in my body to praise you and to thank you for what you already done. And so today, this Christmas, I'm not asking for nothing. I'm bringing something. And today, everybody in my house is going to bring you a gift. And I want my children to know, no, it's nothing wrong with, to some degree with the commercialization as long as you give them understanding that this time of year is not about a fat man, you know, being from Alaska or somewhere with some reindeer. This is all a trick of the world to try to pollute our thinking about the real reason for the season. And none of us have any business being mad on December the 25th unless that's your birthday. And yet on Christmas Day, there'll be fussing and fighting. Children are going to fall out with parents. Brothers and sisters are going to fall out. Because they didn't get what they thought they deserved or requested under the tree. And for the children that are listening to me today, let me help you. Because your parents are doing everything they can to try to give you a good life. And let me help you, children, because you don't know what it's like to experience Christmas and don't get anything. And because you get something every Christmas, it has made you ungrateful. Because you never met a child who didn't get anything for Christmas. Well, you met one today. Yet you have parents who work sometimes two or three jobs to try to give you the life that you're enjoying. And maybe it not, the life may not be like somebody at school you know. Because that child at school may have a mom and a dad pulling the wagon, but your mama is pulling the wagon by herself. I can't tell you how overjoyed I was at 11 years old when I finally got something for Christmas. I got an AM transistor radio. AM. You can't get it on with an AM. Back then. Come on, parents, don't leave me hanging. You know what I'm talking about. All the jams 
come on, talk to me, was on FM. But you'll be amazed how you can learn to enjoy other music when that's all you got. I like the carpenters today. because I didn't have the kind of radio that could, the frequency that tune me in to EZZ or JZ or WX, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABCs because all of them are on FM. 